Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma. Joining me, my good colleague, buddy and pal, and uh, whatever else. He's got his hair done up today. <laughs> Look at a little fresh and clean one. Zach Flash Celedonia. What's up, man? Fresh out of the shower, my man. Super Bowl <laughs> back on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Boy, did we just jump the shark there. Um, Steelers now, uh, they jumped over to six and eight. So the Mike Tomlin no losing season thing, much to the, uh, what do you want to sh- say, chagrin to a lot of yins out there, is still alive. Super Bowl hopes. Looks more like the Detroit Lions right now, man. The Lions are streaking. They want what, like six out of seven or something like that? And My Lions. My Detroit Lions. Yeah. Roar. We're talking about that. I had a buddy uh, that totally disowned the Indianapolis Colts after this weekend. Like, he said, I quit make a pitch for your fan base or whatever. And I know he wasn't going to go Steelers. And then all of a sudden he started like, okay, I got a, I got a, a team. I'm going to follow for the rest of the season. And I, I kid you not. He goes, who day? And I go, come on, man, that bandwagon, it's going to like capsize. It's going to like topple over. It is so heavy with the amount of people who did not care about that Cincinnati Bengals team. It looks like they're, they're at least on pace to maybe win the AFC North. But the Steelers, you never know at nine and eight. They got to have a lot of things happen. But they, you know, it really hurts that they lost to the Ravens the week before. And they do this to us. They toy with our emotions. They got to go on the road where I guess there was a ton of terrible towels once again in Charlotte, like we kind of guessed there would be, and pull out a 24 to 16 win, which included um, some ridiculous time of possession. The Steelers had the ball for 36 minutes and 11 seconds. They converted, uh, they had 22 total first downs, and they were 12 of 16 for a whopping 75% on third down, including three for three in the red zone with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. Uh, Play your numbers. <laughs> Play your numbers. Broken clocks, right? What twice a day we said I man dude I don't know I I I don't I'm I'm speechless I don't know about you that game game was kind of boring to me like it, it felt like a grind to watch it in that third quarter twenty one play drive I think it was I'm gonna pull it up and it was just like yeah twenty one plays one hundred and six yards total because of the penalty yards that were included in that chewed up eleven minutes and forty three seconds and I'm ready to go to bed I was just waiting for when the news was going to pop off, like, okay, what's Carolina going to jump back into this and give us a heart attack? And then Marcus Allen jumps in the huddle. So, you know, it's, <laughs> that, that almost did it right there. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. Can't stop sit down. That. Can't get comfortable. No. Not with this team. No, absolutely not. So um, what are your quick thoughts on the game before we get in a little more meat of this? I thought it was like the most boring but successful game you could watch from the Steelers. I said going into the game, I thought to myself, I'm very uninterested in this game. And that's crazy because I, I would never think I would say that over the past like 10 years of my life because I'm such a over-the-top Steelers fan. But this season has just felt so weird from the very beginning pretty much. 
And uh, heading into the game, I really didn't have too many emotions about it. You know, I, I've been vocal about I just am pretty much along for the ride for this season, hoping that Kenny gets better and he develops and the other young players develop well. And there's chemistry that that can be built uh, throughout the season. I Wins and losses kind of fell to the wayside for me these past few weeks, although it has been nice to win for sure. Yeah. So with Kenny out going into the game, I was – Hoping we would win, you know, just for the vibes and, and for the locker room and Tomlin's record, of course. But it's, it was very boring, but it, it was good. It's hard to complain. You know, I know a lot of people love to say this. Are you ready for this? The whole, I'm not taking anything away from him. And then they proceed to take something away from him. And I'm not going to do that to Mitch because I think Mitch, you know, he gave you the perfect <laughs> or uh, he gave you the perfect. No, or no, best. no, 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 no. He gave you the perfect or best mix possible of what he does well without the bad stuff. Like he was still conservative throughout the game, very much so. Oh, yeah. But he sprinkled in enough shots, whether they were intermediate or the few he took to pickings that weren't dumb and were well timed. But at the end of the day, he still threw for less than a hundred yards in the first half. And like, I thought it was as good of a game you could expect from a level, a quarterback of Mitch Trubisky's level without the outliers, of course, of like him popping off for a six touchdown performance. You know, this was about as good as we could have it with Mitch starting, but it isn't all about Mitch. You know, the run game is like the best I've seen all season. That was very encouraging to watch, even though I was playing against Najee Harris in the fantasy playoffs. We'll get into that later. It was great to see the run game pick up uh, where it's left off uh, on its last high note. Not first the Ravens, but prior to that, with Najee running like his old self. Jalen Warren had a couple nice rips. You know, um, great to see him get the touchdown again, playing against Najee. And George Pickens had a couple of George Pickens plays. His catch was, it's it's funny. It's laugh out loud, hilarious how good George Pickens can be if he gets the ball a little bit more. He shows signs of it every week, yeah. um, most often on those vertical shots. And I got uh, one. I got one there for you though. If yeah. uh, if that ball is thrown to anyone but George Pickens, is that even completed? Oh, prob probably not. No, I, I would give more credit to Pickens than Mitch on, on that play, certainly. Uh, but that's that's what you get when you target a guy with George Pickens' skill set. Yep. And it was encouraging to see him make plays, you know, after the turmoil, I guess you could say, that uh, this season has had in regards to Pickens and his, you know, flare-ups and, and his temper. Uh, seemed pretty under control this game. So I – you said it perfectly by calling it a boring game. It was boring, but most of the things we saw were good from an offense, defense, and special team standpoint, except, of course, for uh, Marcus Allen's penalty, which still have no idea what he was doing. You know, it, it may, maybe you want to check his phone for a DraftKings or a FanDuel account because I don't know what he was trying to fix there by going into the other team's huddle, like grabbing their players, talking to the coach. It's like he got a concussion in between plays and was confused as to where he was at. I had no clue what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There was, um, there was a time after that long drive. Well, we'll get to that in a second. First half statistics. Why was a game? Why was the game like moderately boring for a certain period of time? Or why would we maybe say something like that? Okay. We so ran the ball and controlled the clock. Well, that's exactly what it is. And Mitch had the 38 yard long, in the um, first half, otherwise uh, 97 yards, but you take that away 
and he only had 59, so he would have, uh, on 10 attempts, back to his 5.9 per attempt average. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. flashy by any means. It wasn't means to, like, I give him the job the rest of the year by, at all. Yeah, it, it was more like, let's... Um, Let's prevent this guy from doing anything stupid that could hurt us. And he lose game us managed. The game. He yeah. game managed. And that, yeah. that's in a nutshell what I was trying to describe earlier is that he did a good job doing what the Steelers asked of him. You know, I'm not blown away, impressed, but as far as not losing us the game and making the necessary throws he had to, that was all well and good. The, the one thing I noticed, and I'm, I'm definitely not the only person to notice this, but that little outside comeback route that Deontay runs, that's like him and Mitch's bread and butter, man. Yeah, they ran oh, yeah. that numerous times in the preseason and in Mitch's few starts to begin the season, and it's always there. Deontay's always open for it. So uh, that throw in particular, that play, they Deontay had like, what, 10 catches for 99 yards, something like that. I swear like five of those catches were those little comeback routes or deep comeback routes, I should say. He runs about 15 yards, comes back to 12 catches the ball on the sideline. It is always there. And it was encouraging. It was even more encouraging from the standpoint when you look at the coaching staff as opposed to Mitch, that the coaching staff on offense, they were able to recognize that, hey, we got Mitch for another game here. Let, let's go into the film here. Let, let's see what throws this guy is comfortable with, what throws he can make and not cost us this game. And that comeback route to Deontay was just, it, it was there all game. And I think the coaches... Uh, expected that going in, and that's why they called it like a thousand times. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Uh, yeah. You know, that's definitely I, – I sat Deontay. He would have got me 20 points in one of my fantasy games, but I just I, – I don't trust Mitch. I just don't. No, I sat I sat Pickens for da, uh, Dante Foreman because I thought Pickens wasn't going to get his chances. I thought Mitch would more manage the game even um, more conservatively than he did. I, I didn't expect Pickens to really do anything, and I didn't expect the 85 Bears to show up on defense for the Steelers and <laughs> stifle Foreman to like a – I think he got point nine points i won the game uh, yeah you know? 10 so, carries still, 10 carries nine yards exactly yeah, yeah. Point nine. yeah and and chupa and chupa hubbard uh four for ten they ran for a total if you count darnold with uh two for two including i have no idea what they were doing on that was it third and goal or they were down there in the red zone that third down play where darnold just kept it like what do you oh, yeah. he's not outrunning anybody like that was you know, like, he, they think that there's like this like misconception on Darnold. He's like this great athlete because he's scooted a couple times and gotten loose for some first downs. He's he's more of a pocket passer. Yeah, he is. I saw Tom Brady try and do something very similar, except in much more slow motion, almost like he paused the TV against the Bengals, and it was just it was so painful. It was like he was running through quicksand. You think just, something's wrong with your connection or your Wi-Fi? <laughs> Tapping on the TV. That don't even work anymore. It's not the old rabbit ears. Now now it's like you either get it or you don't. At least before it would come in fuzzy, ghosts, you might see a boob or something, a cable TV with the blurred out channels. But uh, Or you think it is. It's probably like an elbow. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, talking of receiving, 10 for 10, 98 yards, Deontay Johnson. Uh, George Pickens, 2 for 53. That's it, 2 for 53. Um, so yeah. he had the big play and then one other, and then that was pretty much all. Uh Jalen Warren was targeted once, caught ball. Steve Sims, one uh, one catch on two targets, 10 yards. Zach Gentry, one for four. Gunnar Olszewski, one for three. And what was this diving, like, Antonio Brown-type catch to keep it off the turf? That uh, was a bad pass. See, that's what I wasn't going to do was sit there all game mm, and dissect Mitch's ball. I wasn't going like, to do that either. Pause. <laughs> yeah. 
but he but he did have a couple misfires and I mean there was at least one dropped interception so that's why I don't feel the need to really tear the guy down because there are some people don't you get me enough. wrong that have already started with the whole like oh well maybe if he could have been like this all season long that no. could not be more man if ifs and buts <laughs> were candies and nuts every day would be Christmas and that's not <laughs> how it is you know truth be told I don't I don't care that the running game was struggling and that you know Mitch was afraid to make mistakes in the beginning there, there's no need to call just because he helped us get a win it, there's no need to have this like this uh, raised eyebrow to the situation like, oh, well, if only, you know, this could have been how it was for him to start things off. Maybe we wouldn't have seen Kenny Pickett. Let's not mix it up here. He was still bad, Mitch Trubisky. You know, it was good yesterday. Good for him. You know, that's what you want to see out of your backup quarterback, who is in particular a veteran who started numerous games in this league. I said I wasn't going to take anything away from him, but that's what these people that want to push the whole like, oh, well, maybe he could start now the rest of the year. They're making us take it away from but, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's those are the folks I'm usually addressing, which is like the ninety eight percent, not our two percenters that we love and enjoy are <laughs> hanging around. Uh, I was I was going through the all the receptions because there was Miles Boykin one for zero yards. There's a name that's absent on this list. I was trying to look at uh the playbook and and uh the game book I should say not the playbook and see oh he played fifty six percent of the game and didn't Prime even have did. a ball. Yeah, didn't even have a ball go his direction. Not even a target. And that was the one that really bothered me. On um, there was a sack that Trubisky took, and it was like it was a three and out. It was after they had that long drive, and it was like, oh geez, now you're just going to you're going to let this team get back into this game. Yeah. And, and I was just I was thoroughly annoyed by it because then it just started to feel like, uh oh, here we go. Here's the same thing. Cause there was like some type of play. I think it was that's what you were talking about as far as maybe an interception. There was somebody uh he, he went to throw it away and then somebody still got like one up in the air and got their uh, got their big paw on the ball. And then I saw Mitch. He he has this thing where he hops around on his feet and he just kind of dances around. He's doing like almost like a, what's that? Happy feet. Oh, happy feet for sure. Looked like um, Floyd Mayweather or something out there trying to be this defensive boxer, except he, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't follow it and he could run away and all these other things, but I'm not too concerned with it. And I don't, he need to dissect it too much because he's the backup and he's as firmly entrenched as a backup. Yeah. And I hate to tell it to everybody else who's out there. He will not be on this team next year unless he does something with that contract. The Steelers save $8 million. They only owe him about $2 million. There's no way they were going to invest $10 million in a backup quarterback with Kenny Pickett as their future. That's not going to happen. They'll spend like four mill and bring back somebody like a Mason Rudolph or find somebody that's in the category of like a Bruce Gradkowski, Charlie Batch, Byron Leftwich, someone that's a, another uh, after run around the league. So that, that ship is completely sailed. You're not going to sell me on that any other way. And the only reason there's two reasons why Mitch started this game. Number one, Mike Tomlin is stubborn as all hell. He's just, he's, he's not going to go away from it. And somebody had said, well, Mason hadn't played all year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that, that's, that's par for the course with most backup quarterbacks. I guess you're lucky that you invested so much time and effort into Mitch Trubisky as it is, but maybe if you didn't, this team might be, might be on the on 500 right now, maybe even a game above it. It all depends on those early games in the year. And it's still that still bugs the hell out of me. You look at them, they're winning on the road. You know what I mean? They're not winning yeah. the, some of these games they could have won at home. But I digress. 
At least the Steelers have a good situation there. They they know this isn't their future. They've already got something else in the pipeline. It's not like some other teams like the Colts we were just joking about uh, off air here. Imagine being a fan of the Indianapolis Colts blowing, what, 33 to nothing lead? Like that's Brother, just... They said it was the best comeback in NFL history. It was. Statistically. Yeah, it was. And yeah, it's... yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I can can't, you imagine? I can't fathom giving that up. <laughs> can you imagine that if that if you're if you're a Steelers fan that happens to you and somebody somewhere will just still say fire Mike Tomlin uh there needs to be a change in the coaching and blah 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 and then then you see whatever the hell that was that the New England Patriots tried to do in a tie game that was just Chandler and I do think Jeff Saturday will get fired at the end of the year. Tomlin <laughs> won't, but I think Jeff Saturday's clock is ticking on this little experiment they've had. And the the, the Raiders Patriot game, dude, do get this a little anecdote, little side story for you. So I'm in the fantasy semifinals in one of my leagues here versus one of my good friends. What's up, Kevin? I know you're listening right now. He had um about half of his team left. Most of his good players were left to play in the Sunday four o'clock window. Okay. I had Kirk Cousins and Jefferson both going on Saturday, both with like two points total going into the second half. So as the Vikings come back in in the aggressive fashion they did, so did my fantasy team. And it goes to overtime. And by the end of the day, uh, Kirk Cousins and Jefferson combined for like almost 70 points. So then I have the Chiefs as well. I have Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey. That game goes to overtime. I'm, I'm like, dude, four overtimes on one fantasy lineup with a bunch of my crucial players. This does not happen. I'm, I, this is a team of destiny I have on my, on my fantasy roster. We get to Sunday, and he has Josh Jacobs. He has Derrick Henry. He has Joe Burrow and Chris Godwin. All four of these dudes almost went to overtime. In particular, Josh Jacobs uh, of the Raiders. So he needed about seven more points to beat me because my team was done for the day by the time the Raiders game was about to close. My team was done for the day. I had like 151 points. He had 142. If the Raiders don't, or if the Patriots don't screw that up, there's a really good chance that Josh Jacobs either gets uh, a couple catches here and there, a couple more rush yards, one touchdown, like, and it ended just like that, man. My buddy texts me instantly saying, dude, you <laughs> and i couldn't help but laugh man because i was like bro i was sitting here thinking watching this unfold i just kept saying to myself on my couch sitting there goes i deserve this i got this is the outcome i deserve how do you get four overtimes on one team that's not this is the fantasy guys just giving me my payback i i, I do not deserve <laughs> to win this game and I, then uh the patriots threw the game i know but it, it, and you know what just imagine that was your fantasy team that wasn't your reality team <laughs> yeah, I know Th this year, maybe I would feel like, I guess a different, but yeah, thinking about it that way is a lot, lot worse, man. That's the Patriots don't lose that way. You know, usually they're the beneficiary of dumb shit like that, but yeah. to see like, who was Jacoby Myers throwing to man, Mac Jones, he uh, he's going to save oh, you. <laughs> oh, and, and to put into comparison to Chandler Jones on Mac Jones, he trucked him. I'm wondering if Najee Harris. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if Najee Harris gets another Harry Potter stick for just he, – he must have abused Jeremy Chin. Oh, that like touchdown he, was just, disrespectful, man. The guy said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Najee no. almost whiffed because the guy, like, gave up that fast. It's just, like, just looking at it, like, this is starting – it's not quite uh, Bettis on Erlacher in the snow. Uh, it won't have that kind of a meaning, but – 
that's a pretty good one to put up on the wall. Like Najee, Najee's looking like a beast, man. And this team running, uh, let's see, uh, how many yards did they have? Total 156, 45 carries as a team. 40, 45. I, I, I like, I can't even. I said like 85 Bears showed up on defense, but it's like they showed up on offense too. Yeah, it reminds me. You ever see Clerks? There's like 36, including you. No, 37. <laughs> it's like 45. <laughs> like I just can't. I I can't. I can't get it out of my head. I'm trying to see if the Steelers actually ran. Um, I, obviously that's not the season high. Uh, they had 217 yards against the Saints as a team after yeah. the bye week. I mean, they've been, they've been a team possessed, though. There's only one game last week against the Baltimore Ravens where they haven't topped 100 after only having uh, topped 100 uh, in each of the, in the previous eight games to start this season, which would have been, actually, believe it or not, they had 144 against the Eagles. Uh, then you would have had to go all the way back to the Browns and the Jets, 104 and 119. Then And you really never got that much of a sense that they were running the ball that well in those games to begin with. Uh, some of that was some scrambling with the quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. Like this was like an actual pronounced, we're going to make you bend to our will type of game on both sides of the trenches for, for the most part. I, I was worried. And you're saying, hey, uh, you know, Mitch could do this or provide this every game, right? And the thing I didn't get to say was, um, I didn't interrupt you on this one, which you know, pat on my back. I don't for think once. you could do it every game. I'm well, they don't play the, the Panthers best. every game. <laughs> like, you know, the Panthers have a good defense. Yeah. They just, they weren't, um, they didn't know what to do against the steel. And we worked them down. We worked yeah. them down. I, I didn't want to give Mitch too much credit, you know, without like, like I made the joke about taking stuff away from him, but yeah, I mean, he definitely benefited from our run game and uh, the defense playing the way it did. I think uh, when you can't stop the run, I mean, that's one of the oldest mantras and cliches in football. With a good run game, I always say, if you can, you should. If you can, do. You know, like, like, it, like imagine you were a kid again, your parents are away for the weekend. That's like having a good run game. You know, if you can keep doing it, do it. You know, if you can keep getting away with it, do it. Because if, if nobody can stop you, if no one's there to tell you no, if no one's there to fill the hole or, or make the tackle, keep running the ball, dude. I think that's part of why it was so boring yesterday. But, yeah, don't get me wrong. That definitely is why, like, Mitch had a successful game, at least to some degree, because the defense had to be um, – they were kept honest all game with the success we were having on the ground, mainly with Najee, who, yeah, it, it, that's awesome to see, man. I mean, people were calling him Trent Richardson at week three, week four. Oh. And it's safe to say that he's um, risen from those uh, – Crit critical ashes and came up to show that like you know he's not going to be trent richardson yeah he, he hit a wall there at one point he was also dealing with a lot of injuries now this is the Najee harris that the steelers wanted to have all along this is the one that can help us win games like you saw uh yesterday yeah uh he hasn't had a hundred yard game and somebody's going to hold that to a gun to our head in the off season about all this, his yards per attempt here or there, uh, you know, yesterday was still 3.58, but that's kind of, it gets back to something I wanted to say too, about like Deontay Johnson. Uh, I was texting with my cousin during the game and I'm like, it, there was something different with AB. Like AB does those little comeback routes like that. Uh, or there was a, maybe there was like more of a slant or an out route during the game. And it felt like there was four yards until Deontay, needs to go out of bounds and he just goes out of bounds. And I'm like, AB would have lowered his helmet, 
and got picked up another three, four, five yards, or perhaps broke it free. I know the exact what you're talking about. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Deontay actually he does it later in the game. He does plan get his foot in the yeah. ground and and picks up the extra. And I'm like, oh hey, there it is. Somebody on the sideline. Maybe there was some coaching going on over there that people try to claim doesn't exist over uh, in in the land of Pittsburgh. So um, yeah, I mean, but then oh. he gets the penalty. Yeah, of course. And then everybody's going to hold his feet to the fire and hold everyone else, which is nowhere near in the category of I, I really dislike the people that are like trying to compare that to Marcus Allen. They're just trying to state their case to be anti-Tomlinites. Yeah, I, I, live by, the, I live by like the rules, like, you know, if it doesn't kill us on that particular drive or like set, change the course of what's going on. I mean, Deontay's thing, he, he, Deontay is so unapologetically, unapologetically Deontay. At all times, you know, you can't get too high with them and you can't get too low. He stays right in the middle, whether it's because he's he's too high bad or he's too high low. And that penalty was just a, a, a microcosm of how Deontay's season has been from start to finish. A good catch, a good finish, penalty. But we still scored on that drive. Still a good finish. Still a good finish to the drive. What Marcus Allen did is inexcusable, man. Fourth and 27 and you give the ball back. Yeah, uh... Exactly. Uh, fourth, it was fourth and twenty-seven. I, I knew it was like fourth and twenty-five or something like that. I was actually trying to look while you were mentioning it because that's what I was going to bring up. And again, it's like I don't know if he's trash talking or it was almost like he went over there to start like explaining, like, well, you see what happened with my homework, uh, Mrs. Robinson is like blah 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 blah, and it's like yeah, nobody like wants he was to hear it. Consoling the guy for doing something <laughs> wrong, and the coach was like, "What are you doing over here, guy? Like, get out of town. What? Are you, yeah, what are you doing over here? You, you nut. Uh, none of that made any sense. So, um, but yeah, some good performances. Deontay George Pickens for the little bit that was there. We talked about this throughout the course of the last few shows. What is there that the Steelers have to show you in these last few games? maybe compete for a playoff spot at the very end. Would that be nice? I know there's some people I'm going to tell you, I always, um, I draw the ire of my child. We were out at the grocery store after the game yesterday. And of course I'm, I got my Steelers stuff on. Cause that's how I roll Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the most part, unless it's college football Saturday, then I might be rolling my, uh, Youngstown state, Ohio state stuff, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the kid, the kid, the, the, some guy notices me and he's like, he was like, Oh, gives me the thumbs up and I, I forget sometimes it's like hey this is half my wardrobe anyway Steelers stuff and, and then he goes yeah it was a good win and he's like they they don't know how to lose right though maybe get a higher draft pick and I was like uh you know you shared this thing on Twitter it was like you know we're all in different classes like going through high school college prep and the and then the bricklayers courses and whatever it might be and they kept there so it's like that's maybe why we don't all get along on Twitter it was a good joke you know what I mean yeah so in high school there's you know the, <laughs> the, the remedial classes the normal classes and the uh AP courses yeah you know, they split us all up well on Twitter we're not split all up we're not supposed to be together like this yeah. So I was biting the tongue here. Like, do I say something? And I didn't get past like one, you know, Monongahela. And it was just like, no, you know what, man? I'm like, they didn't draft TJ Watt in the top 10. And he goes, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. And it's like, that's not how this team rolls. Because if they really do suck that bad, you're looking at replacing like 11, 12 players, 14 players instead of maybe three or four. Dude, strangers and are the worst. They're the hardest <laughs> to bite your tongue off because you don't want to be like 
a know-it-all. You don't want to like ruin their day, but I deal with it all the time working in customer service that like we, we have like a guy who drops off linens at the one store and he, he'll be come in. Like I remember to this day during the preseason, he was like, I just think they need to let Kenny sit all year. He's not ready. And this was like right after like he like had a good game. And I was like, how are you getting that? Like, and I just had to sit there and I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, whatever they want to do, you know, you just sometimes I don't want to get into it or just like seem like an asshole, but you seem like you handled it well. And the guy, you know, the guy bent the knee. Yeah. Oh, he bent the knee. No, he was with his wife and she was like, come on, move along. You know, the same way the kids pulling <laughs> me in the other direction. She's like, hey, my kids it's like, like those uh, progressive commercials. Did this man ask you to talk about the game? <laughs> I love that one where they, they replay like her uh, voice message and she's like, lip reading like her telephone number like or you know like <laughs> whatever and he's like you don't have to give a phone number we're all turning into our parents it's it's so funny because i i quote those commercials so frequently um but and my kid's gonna be happy when football season's over with he says i'm like no we wait all year for this and it's like you don't understand the amount of depression that we go through and it's almost over there's only three more games one of them's going to be in like five degree weather where I can't even sell my tickets because it's on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to be forced to go there. Poor Franco. Like, okay, we're going to. I don't understand like the home games this year. Like, if they would have just played, I think it would have been like 30 ish. It was stupid cold for the Bengals game. Um, and then the, the Ravens game was actually, if you would have dressed the same way, you would be sweating. So 40. So it's shorts weather, you know, in Pittsburgh. And then uh, now, now we're going to have snowpocalypse, I guess. And Lord knows what's going to happen that second week into January. Traditionally, that is just brutal. The only saving grace is that game is in Pittsburgh and not in Cleveland, where it could be like a minus 30 below with the wind chill off the lake. So Yeah, Cleveland's uh, worse because of the lake. I've been to too many there around New Year's, and I never, ever want to do those games ever again. Uh, not only because the fan base is a bunch of just, uh, you know, maroons, but... I, I i just I'll, I'll leave it at that it's just it, it's it's a miserable place they call it the mistake on the lake for a reason and i guess we'll see um how that how this goes too they ended up squeaking out a win that they probably shouldn't have gotten themselves and we talk about that we talked about how the steelers coming out of a game with the ravens or vice versa how those teams are usually licking their wounds and the steelers somehow were out able to go out there and impose their will on the Panthers on both sides of the ball. So that was very encouraging to see, but there isn't like a whole lot of anything else to talk about in this game. I can't even like really say anything about Presley Harvin because he didn't punt the ball very much. Chris Boswell went out there and hit like a 50 yarder or whatever money. What else is there to say? You can't even complain about Matt Canada because like 21 play drive they, and then these guys executed it and they did everything down to, you know, what Mitch does best. No, we're tre we're treading in dangerous waters now, my friend. I think yeah. uh, we're entering into the section of the pool, if you will, that uh, says uh, Matt Canada may be here next year if uh, the offense keeps doing the right thing. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. They've been competent. They, you know, you think about it, and uh, I got to do some math, quick maths here. But twenty points against the Saints, 
Uh, 30 against the Bengals. I know it was a little bit of garbage there. 24 against the Colts, 19 against the Falcons, 14 against the Ravens, and now 24. That's 131 points in the last six games. They're inching out at almost about 22 points a game, 21.8. And that last game brought their average down just a little bit. That is a far cry from what they were doing at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, most of their games, they were struggling. They they only had the one against Cincinnati in overtime where they actually scored more than 20. And now they've scored more than 20 in half of these and they've gotten a 19 and 20. So really the only one, which is always a close game against the Ravens being that kind of um, uh, the one that stands out there is maybe bad game, so to speak, but tough. <laughs> it's hard to say because the Ravens defense had been really good all year, but they did make that Roquan Smith trade and they played to the best of their abilities with Snoop Huntley. I didn't call him Snoop leading into all the uh, pregame and everything like that. I'm sorry. Dumb nickname. Just like trying to steal the bus nickname for Gus Edwards. Get out of town. Just Baby Gronk. Yeah. You could, do, you could do all time worse nicknames that have come out of people's mouths the past 10 years. Just very unoriginal nicknames. <laughs> yeah. So, Canada, I, mean, I think a lot's going to depend on Canada uh, staying or not, how Kenny finishes out the year, obviously, because young, impressionable quarterback, they're not going to want to switch the offensive coordinator if Kenny finishes strong. If he doesn't finish strong, number one, that sucks. But number two, I think that'll open the door for Canada to really be out of here. It's just like you're I'm joking and laughing about it. But if, if you're going to finish the season strong and the offense looks like it's building continuity there, there is this like elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about and that is uh the possibility of matt canada staying um yeah the offense i mean we pretty much broke it down there's really nothing else to dissect really the protection yeah. held up well for the most part too on the offensive line took a couple sacks here from mitch um but tj watt i think might be getting healthier you know i don't know how good the panthers offensive line is or bad but this was the best i've seen tj since uh week one versus the Bengals. So that was great to see. I didn't think there was anything wrong long term with TJ. I wasn't like in I wasn't that far gone, you know, calling him his brother and like, oh, it's coming back. Don't put TJ Watt injuries. I just thought he was playing injured and, and you know, wasn't playing to his fullest self right now. But versus the Panthers, he was on a terror. Um, his sack, you could like feel his energy through the TV, man. Like his helmet popped off. He was so excited. And Cam Hayward had a great day. Ogunjobi had a great day. Highsmith had an awesome day. So Steelers front seven really impressed me. Um, Terrell Edmonds at times playing uh, physical in the box. Just an overall good day from the Steelers. Yeah, Edmonds definitely looked good. Uh, TJ looked, looked really good. That sequence we talked about with Marcus Allen and that penalty screwing things up. That was the Highsmith and then Cam Hayward coming in like a grown-ass man. Uh, some oh, really yeah, good plays. Him right in the sternum. Yeah, some really, some really strong, strong play from all of those guys. I was trying to figure this out too. It's good. We should mention a little bit about the defense because there is a little bit of audition here. I think Larry O was actually on a quote or on record saying he doesn't want want that hanging over his head. Could have been Montrevious Adams. It was somebody on the defensive uh, front there. That was, what? Uh, uh, talking about Tomlin's record and, uh, uh, uh. And, and didn't want to be a part of that team that would be the first losing team for Mike Tomlin. And I, I was thinking to myself, I, I keep thinking, it's like, who or what are you going to evaluate? You don't have a whole lot of rookies or young players that haven't already played. That's been part of the problem when players get hurt is they don't have the depth because the guys you've been drafting are immediately going out on the field, which never used to be the Steelers way, which is why the people are all convetching about uh, Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin, this, that, and the other thing, because they just don't, they don't 
they don't understand that. And much like Player many years ago, is key in coaching. Yeah, and you lose Bud, you lose Bud Dupree to free agency. You lose Mike Hilton to free agency. You lose Stefan Tuitt to retirement. You lose to Castro and Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva. That's a lot of different bodies and talent that you have to make up for. Let alone your franchise quarterback that's going into Canton at some point. Who Devin won your team too. Yeah, yeah, and that's adversity too because you counted on him to be, um, you know, just that, that's been my quick point is Devin Bush had a really nice play that I saw early on where he shed a block and may have even had a, a tackle for loss. I would have He's to, yeah, yeah, he looked good. Uh, I don't think it's going to be good enough to stick around, unfortunately. It wasn't registered as a tackle for loss. He had four combined, two assisted, two solos. Uh, Alex Highsmith will still be around because he's in the third year of his contract. Then you're going to have to see if that guy is going to get paid. It'd be nice to keep somebody around like that. Cause when you have two, the, you know, it makes it better because you can't just double everybody and you still have Cam Hayward, but Larry Ogunjobi, he's been practicing like once a week. He's always injured. He's always got something that's going along and so much so that he makes a play on the field and the announcers are talking about this guy instead, 93 Mark Robinson, who played all seven snaps in this game on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. He got a helmet and it, they, they had like talking points for him. And I was utterly confused because even if you go back to the game book, Larry Ogunjobi is the one who's making these plays early in the game, like in his first quarter stuffing the run in that i'm like that's not mark robinson he may i don't know if he came out there very first thing he might have been out there robert spillane they obvious had i've changed that's my just mind generic broadcasting 101 you know oh, they, yeah. they had bullet points written down they wanted to touch on as soon as they saw 93 on the field robinson it was, regardless of what he was doing it was 99 like, oh, here's our chance to talk about him <laughs> they couldn't read the other number it was like 99 instead of 93 yeah. or even or even 98 may have been out there um but th that's uh, Larry Larry Ogunjobi. Is he going to be around again next year? He was supposed to land a big contract. Is he worth a contract of that nature? He's still a younger guy. I would like guy. him to stay, but I think he's going to get more money elsewhere. I would think so, too. They definitely they need they need somebody strong in that spot. Can it be DeMarvin Leal? Uh, already saw somebody. I had mentioned this to my cousin. And it's funny because somebody else already looked it up on uh, Facebook, and I already uh, was mentioning it on Facebook first thing this morning. J.J. Watt will be a free agent next year <laughs> don't get me and started dude he, he's gonna be 34 years old i mean he might still be able Jeez. to get something out of him but yeah could he come for a discount maybe can he will he take a rotational role and mentor Wait, with his brothers? yeah um you know possible investors <laughs> <laughs> maybe the steelers so uh you know i swam up that river like two years ago and it was fun <laughs> and jj watt definitely leaned into it posting pictures of TJ Watt shoveling his driveway, being all like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. Like, JJ knew what he was doing, and then he goes and goes to the Cardinals. So I'm not really, like, okay with the way JJ treated Steeler fans, but if he wants to come here for, like, veteran minimum, I'll take him. Steelers West, though. So, <laughs> you know. That's uh, the whole thing? Oh, yeah, I guess Connor's over there now, so. They they, they need an off-ball linebacker. They need a middle line, an inside linebacker, other than Miles Jack. Miles Jack is not a guy that they have as a three-down back. The Steelers? Oh, yeah, yeah I know, dude. That's why I want Bush to stay, though, because I, I don't want them to waste a high pick on a linebacker because Bush and Jack, I think, can be solid enough. But I would I would give Devin Bush the Deontay deal, but for a linebacker. See if he wants to stay for two years at a, at a modest rate. And if not, see ya. I think that's fair enough, but I think on the priority list, Cam Sutton, maybe even Terrell Edmonds. I think finding another safety is diff is is difficult. Finding that, it, but where can you upgrade at? They developed I mean, Edmonds, too, you know, homegrown, yeah. so they probably want to try to keep him. yeah. It's um, are you, are you going to have that much of an upgrade to Edmonds? Whoever plays in that spot's never going to be flashy, 
And the same thing with Larry O too. He might get some sacks here or there. I mean, to it was just coming on. You need somebody that's very strong up front and, yeah. and, and can stop the run and get after a quarterback and probably play every down. And I don't know that he can, or has, they, they still are going to rotate and they still have Leal waiting in the wings. So that's you where I'm what? thinking. It's slipping my mind. Like, do you know our salary cap next year? I thought we had good money. Uh, I could look it up real quick. Because um, would you take Javon Hargrave back? Oh, I don't know that Javon Hargrave is actually going to. Yes, I would. And I would take him yeah. over Larry O. Um, absolutely. But he's going to make the Pro Bowl this year. And it's going to make it very difficult where he made. he's going to make the Pro Bowl. Now, uh, the Eagles, I can't say where their salary cap is either. So let me see. People are talking about it like as if he's definitely out of there. Like they, they won't have enough to like keep him around. So that's why I'm curious if we would have enough to entice him to come back. But I don't know that that's totally a pipe dream right now. It's just something I see people talk about from time to time is possibly getting him back in town because they think that would be a, a big help. Well, obviously it would. He's a great player, Javon Hargrave, but I don't know how much he would cost or how much money we have next year. I agree with you though, that you can't go wrong adding to the defensive line, whether it's going to be in free agency or the draft. I'm all for that uh, <laughs> about with Cam and Leal. Yeah, so you know what they did with Hargrave? They had these void years. The Eagles owe him about $12 million on a voided contract. So he will be a free agent next year. Uh, that's how much money. He was almost at, um, it was a, it was three years, probably some restructure of the funding business that they do. Three years, yeah. 30, 39 million when he signed that. That's not outside the wheelhouse of the Steelers. They will put that money into two guys on the defensive line. They've consistently done it over the years with different players such as Cam Hayward, Stefan to it. I even want to say Aaron Smith back in the day as well. Uh, yeah. The Eagles, the Eagles are looking at only about, this is projected from over the cap.com by the way. So it's not just uh, off the top of my head. I could pull it up a little bit, uh, blow it up a little bit. They're yeah. at like 15, three it's showing. They got the Steelers at about 20. Uh, this is the 2023s. It, it's just pro projected. So they don't really know what the cap numbers will be so far. You see the big numbers with like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika, Deontay. So they, they've paid quite a few of their own players. And here was one that I was definitely going to bring up even myself. I mean, it's not really, this really isn't post game anymore, but you've got void years that were thrown in. Steelers started using this in their own mix. Cam Sutton, I think is a dude too. I think you could keep a lot of the defense together. A lot of people talk, I know Brian talks about the most highest paid defense. Very disappointing. You had a lot of injuries. You have guys who still weren't out there like Akello Witherspoon. I think Levi Wallace is okay. People talk about drafting corners. I don't think the Steelers are good at drafting corners. I see a lot of high corners that just don't cut it in the NFL. It's very subjective to me. I'd rather have somebody that has some NFL experience that isn't going to be a flat bust like somebody like an Artie Burns that you got to bring up the speed and then you got the I same think uh, Bradbury from the Giants is a, is a free agent coming up or the Eagles wherever he's at now. James even, Bradbury. Yeah, they don't have to shoot the moon. They never really have. That's never really been their style when it comes to spending. They spend money after the guys up front who get after the quarterback. That's usually the Steelers style. It's going to be defensive line. It's going to be their edge rushers. They did it with Woodley. They did it with Harrison. Uh, they made those guys handsomely paid. If they could have afforded Dupree, they would have paid Dupree as well. And uh, yeah. Dupree wouldn't be wouldn't be a candidate to maybe come back. I don't think uh, even if he were released. I know he's still going to be under contract. But uh, with Alex Highsmith right now, there's no way. You're not pushing Alex out of the way. Double-digit sack guy, you know what I mean? So that's that's somebody maybe that they just look to pay. So I just look at and the whole sense of three games being left and not knowing what kind of uh, pregame or anything else we're going to have toward the end of this week. Happy holidays, all that jazz, Christmas around the corner. Uh, won't be cracking the whip even for myself to be on air here. 
So we'll see what ends up coming for all of you folks. I know you're going to be running around busy, wrapping gifts and all that other stuff. Maybe you throw on a show and uh, support the program. So we appreciate you doing that as we close this out. But it's just these last three games, the game yesterday, it's like who stands out to you? Those are some good names. We already mentioned Bush and Edmonds and Sutton and um, and Larry Ogajobi. aside from some of the other guys. They started to play like they really were to play because they weren't all on the field together. It's kind of like that offensive line type thing. It's like that brotherhood. It's like that trust. Is this guy going to be here? Is this other guy going to be here? And having a knowing for your teammates uh, on the field. And when you don't have those guys out there and you're you're playing Josh Jackson at corner or, uh, oh, geez, I, I still Spillane. St- Spillane still bugs me, man. Uh, he's such a lunch pail exposed, guy. Man, I'm telling you, it's hard not to laugh sometimes whenever – I know he's not supposed to be covering running backs or receivers, but whenever one gets lined up on him, he gets to be 10 times out of 10. Uh, sending no. him sending him on a blitz just looks silly too. It's like yeah, they send him in there. He just, it doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have the athletic. It's why he's an undrafted guy. He doesn't have quite the athletic traits. He makes up for some of that with his instincts, but he's always like, he's like a step. He's just a step short. It, it he's sucks got limitations. Because, you yeah, know, he's, he's got limitations and he's got yeah. it up there. Yeah, he's, it's physical, you know. The, the players have limitations, and they can still be good for you if a coaching staff realizes the limitations and puts the player in situations to win. I.e., isn't it funny how nobody complains about Derek Watt anymore, Mister First Down, Derek Watt? Yeah, you know that's that's hilarious too. Um, and he's only he there. That's role for him this year. That's why they got to bring JJ back too. Well, he'll be a free agent as well. Highest paid guy on offense. And we know everybody pretty dumped on Edmonds too. And I think Edmonds was really great. Actually, Tremaine might be up too for free he agency. Is. So interesting stuff. That's definitely somebody that they had their mind on in the draft. There's no way he was going to fall to them in that position, but um, oh, if they get JJ Watt and Tremaine Edmonds in here, the media's <laughs> they will eat that shit up every game. Oh, they have 17 brothers on one team. I don't know. Maybe Bush's old man could come out of retirement or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, like they could have just a whole Joy giant. Maybe we could see what Sam Highsmith could do too. Yeah, so. and he's got the energy. I see him in the stands. <laughs> oh yeah. Porter. That's a, that's another hot one, isn't it? Well, but Tomlin or Tomlin loves his, like the nepotism and the bloodlines, man. Absolutely does. So it, it sucks talking about like looking ahead, but you could see like where, and everybody's going to be like, what, what are you talking about? What about offensive line? I'm not totally sold down the river on Dan Moore, but I am on Kevin Dotson. I think Dan Moore might be able to get by, but you're going to bring in some type of competition. It could be a free agent. It could be draft. We'll see. The Steelers has just never been their style to draft an offensive tackle. It's just never been their style. They will no, take... I think they'll be in prime position for a guard at like 17 or 18, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you got somebody that's just right there on the clock like a David DeCastro was, it could be an elite 10-year player or more. That's where they're going. And they're going to have that interior of the line all locked up. They could even go, like I said, they couldn't even go center. I don't know that they'd go that high. Maybe Mason Cole swaps over and becomes a left guard too. Don't yeah. know that. But we just know it's not going to be Dotson or Kendrick Green. That's for sure. Their future, their time's numbered. And Dan Moore, he'll still be around whether he's an experienced backup swing tackle or they end up going another direction there. But they'll have, I'm not going to say they have a ton of money. We're going to have to see where the salary cap kept going, going, going. And then COVID, completely the pandemic. And Ben Roethlisberger's contract completely killed their hopes. It's amazing they fielded the team. 
couple years ago yeah. and now that's what's been killing them and that's what they're catching up to and people we don't say rebuild and they say reload next etc that's what it's referring to because there's a baseline there they had some money this year you're finally going to get some of these other guys off the books completely uh you still have some big contracts with the guys that you did bring in draft well or in the case of minka a smart trade i, I still i'm not going to pan any of the decisions that this team made because kenny continues to grow look at what trevor lawrence is doing right now and I dropped him in fantasy, dude. I had him early on because I was just playing, you know, quarterback roulette. I've had Geno Smith. I've had Justin Fields uh, at times. Dude, picked, me too. Me too. I, yeah. I picked up Cousins last week, okay? Like, I was that desperate because I had Lawrence. I had Kenny. I had Danny Dimes. I had Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't <laughs> nail quarterback on this team. And uh, I Rogers saw Kirk too. Cousins available. I saw his, like, schedule left. I was like, this is my last chance. And, uh... <laughs> Kirk came through cardiac Kirk, baby. 1 PM Kirk. I'm telling you 14 touchdowns to one interception, Trevor Lawrence. So if you start to see that, 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 That's corner, so good. Can, that corner can turn with Kenny Pickett as well. Cause if you look at Lawrence's stats last year, I know he threw more picks than he did touchdowns. I understand it was urban Meyer. And even though he is a former Buckeyes coach that he had no business coaching in the NFL or coaching ever again. I don't even know how they let him talk on TV, like with all of the different things. Think about how much controversy this dude's been around. And they Dude, allow him. College fans are the best. They have no shame. There's signs in the back. There's chance. We want urban. After uh, Michigan beat Ohio State last time, they were we want urban oh. chance right behind them. Yeah, there always is. And, you know, I know Florida coach, people take him back too. Yeah, well, with college and probably all the shady recruiting, but that's, I don't know, the NIL and that, everything. It's a different landscape in the college game now too. So it's yeah. going to, that's going to turn some of your, you're not going to be able to go if you're a scout and just go scout like three or four colleges like Alabama and Ohio state and Georgia or Clemson or whatever. You're going to have to do a little bit more. You're not going to be able to like, just go and watch 20 dudes. You're going to have to like, go to Liberty and see Malik Willis or something like that. Exactly. The Steelers did do that. Um, you know, what did he do? Did he end up doing anything yesterday? I don't believe he did either. No, Tannehill um, came back in. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Cause Tannehill, he got rocked. He said something about whatever pain was like the worst pain or whatever, and probably just got a shot of whatever. Uh, but would you call him the truth? If you were watching that game and it was three, he was three for four for 20 yards. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes three for four. That's not bad. Yeah. That's, three that's four. high completion percentage. Yeah. Five yards in attempt. That's even lower than what Mitch is. So I mean, you're, like... you're asking me a loaded question here because I, I do think Malik's <laughs> going to be good eventually. And I have patience for Malik Willis, but no, I, oh, yeah. I'm happy that we have Kenny Pickett. If that yeah. can that be the answer to the question, yeah, that's, a, that's, Kenny Pickett. that's fair. That's kind of the same way we were, we were talking. You hadn't seen Avatar. I had, and that's the way I felt was like uh great movie. No good movie. Fine. Spectacle. Yes. Bad movie. No. Well, I rewatch it. Absolutely. I'm not hating on it, but I just don't love it. And that's the way I felt with Mitch as well. And uh, that's just the way I feel going forward. I'm just glad the Steelers aren't going to have to do anything drastic or anything crazy or tank or otherwise in order to have their quarterback in the future. That's going to do it for us. I think we've got enough here. I don't know if there's any other meat on the bone. You got a Raiders game coming up. Maybe people will show up for it in the cold on Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll see how that, we'll see how our programming goes the rest of this week. We'll see if I have to do any last minute Christmas shopping so I can get on the air with all of you. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what Flash is doing over there. He's going to get drunk on eggnog or something. So <laughs> I don't like eggnog. That's gross. I will get drunk, though, on regular shit. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I bet 
oh he did a trifecta i already took you off but i had mine as well and it's probably gonna drive i probably hit the dog that's like somewhere over there like laying down so oh man animal abuse well folks that'll do it for us uh support us otherwise no animals were harmed into making this film i just double checked we're we're fine we're fine so uh my name's joe and his name's zach don't forget to like comment subscribe um also head on over to steelcityunderground.com shop we've got t-shirts and stuff and I know Flash is always pimping stuff on his Twitter too, so make sure you follow him at uh, Z Flash NFL on Twitter. Uh, mine's Joe underscore Kuzma on Twitter. Just a little bit of personal plugs here, and you can follow Steel City under Gur over on Twitter, which you'll find in each of our uh, bios or handles, anyways. And that'll do it for us. Until next time, I've already said my name's Joe. His name's Zach. As we always do, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 